Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Kathy Craig. I'm the discipleship pastor here at Mercy Road Church at the Carmel location. And it is such a privilege and an honor to be with you this weekend, Memorial Day weekend. I know that there's a lot going on in our lives. And we are also just honoring those who have sacrificed their lives so that we could live in a country where we are embarking on freedom. Right, And so I just want to thank you to those who have um, been affected. Maybe you've lost a loved one, um, and maybe you, are, are, you have a family member. We just want, want to say thank you for your sacrifice. It means a lot. And so, yeah, we're glad that you're here. Um, it's awesome also because it's graduation season. Can I get a woo-woo for graduation season? Yeah. So... If, you have, if we've never met, I have two kiddos, and my oldest is graduating from high school this year, um, my daughter Alex, and she is beautiful and wonderful and difficult, and um, all the things that come with being a parent, we have experienced with Alex and our son Jesse, um, but we're really in this phase right now where we're super like reflective of like her life and what that meant when she was born and the conversations and the dreams that we had for her even as a little girl um and she's a social butterfly so if you know alex she's like she's all over the place all the time she doesn't sit still and so um she was home the other night the night before her last day of high school um and I have to tell you, I was like weeping, and I have never been the parent that's like, oh, my babies, my babies, they gotta stay close to me. I've never been that. I'm like, girl, you gotta go. You know, like, <laughs> college is calling your name. Like, let's go. And so, for some reason, I just felt all this emotion around Alex getting ready to leave for college, and this, this life phase that we're in. Thank you, Jesus, that we have Jesse for another eight years. Um, the gift of having children far apart in age is that I get to keep going for a little while. And so anyway, we were reminiscing with Alex the other night, and uh, she, said, she said, what was it like when I was a baby? And I was like, well, you were a pain. You were, she was a strong-willed child. Like, she came out of the womb, like, ready to rule the world. And she was trying to rule my world. And in all honesty, when Steve and I had her, we were really, like, not smart parents. Like, we just didn't, we didn't read a lot of books. We were just like, yay, we're having a baby. Let's, let's be the fun parents. You want to be the fun parents? Yeah, let's be the fun parents. Like, Let's just have fun. Let's just take her where we want to take her. You know, like, let's, let's just, let's not be like those parents that are like, okay, we have structure and bedtime. You know, like, let's just, let's just have fun with this. Now, the parents out there are laughing at me because that was like the dumbest thing that you could ever imagine that a parent could say. But this, is, this was our mindset when Alex was born. And I remember this all came to a screeching halt the day that her preschool called me at work and said, hey, we need to talk to you and Mr. Craig um, because Alex is going to get kicked out of preschool. 
I was like, oh, dear. I'm a te- I was a teacher at the time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, how bad can my child be? And so we go in. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm going to get re- read the riot act. And <laughs> she said, I don't know what your home life is like. <laughs> she goes, I think you and Steve are lovely people. And I think you love Jesus. And I think you have really good intentions. But whatever you're doing or not doing at home is not serving your child. I was like, what? I'm the fun parent. She was like, this child needs discipline. Because she was screaming her head off at all the activities because she just wanted to. And we didn't discipline her. We were just like, oh, you're so funny. You know, like we thought she, we, we, we said she was funny. You know, like you, you make these stories up about your kids. And you're like, oh, you know, she just, she's got a voice on her. No, she was disrupting everything. She was not participating or learning in things or even taking naps because we were like, you just do what you want. And here's the thing that we realized right then and there is that parenting is a sacrifice. Like, we had to sacrifice what we wanted for what she needed, right? That's big. And here's the thing, like, this child was made on purpose and for a purpose, And it wasn't about me. It was all about her. That I was given this life and this mission to love my kid in such sacrificial ways that it would wreck me. And in all honesty, living a life on mission as people who follow Christ, it's the same thing. Y'all, it's not just about what we need. It's about what the world needs. And we talk a lot at Mercy Road about living on mission. And I think some of us, you know, if you haven't really been around church um, or you're coming in for the first time, you're like, what is that? That's a very churchy word to go live on mission. It's really this. It's very practical. It's taking your life and your love for Christ and making sure that you're sharing it with people in ways that builds bridges of love and hope that represents Jesus. That's what living on mission is. But I also know that we've lived in this year of just like, right? I'm just going to crunch in. It's too much. Um, the world's coming at me. I just can't deal with it anymore. And we, we're like, I don't, I don't know if I want to make that sacrifice anymore. And so we show up, which is great. We celebrate that. I need, you, I need this community, right? We show up, but then we drift out. And what we do doesn't actually mean anything out there. Sometimes it causes more damage because we're just so wishy-washy. We're just like, it's cool, I'm just going to fade into the background. You know what I mean? And so the past three weeks we've been talking about what we as a church are being driven on mission, that we're not just as staff driven by mission. We're, call- we're saying to you, you are called to mission. 
It's what our whole engagement pathway is about. Like the end goal is to get you outside of these walls as much as possible to go live on mission, to go share Jesus because we believe that's the most powerful thing that ever happened in the world and that will ever happen in the world because he saved us not just for right now but for eternity. These things matter. This is not just an activity that we do on Sundays. This is every day. And so we have been talking about this. Josh talked about the why two weeks ago. He talked about why because we have the love of Christ, that Jesus loved us so much, and that he gave us like a front row of people to like share life with and be intimate with and, and be real with and, and share his love and grow with. And, and people that don't know him that we can build bridges of trust to share his love with, right? All about love. And then last week was so cool. Pastor Greg and Pastor Ashad talked about the Holy Spirit and that we are empowered. We don't have to be afraid that when Jesus died, he said it would be better because then he released his Holy Spirit. And if you believe in Jesus and you follow him, you received that. And now we just anointed you and said, now go do it, right? It's awesome. But this week we're going to talk, we're going to get real. We're going to talk about the sacrifices that it takes to do that because it's not always pretty. And I'm thankful for that because the hard things are worth sacrificing for. You know what I'm saying? My kids are worth sacrificing for. You are worth sacrificing for. But you know who else is worth sacrificing for? The people who are not here. The people who are outside the walls, who are feeling lost and scared and are unsure about what life is. And so we're going to talk about being driven on mission by sacrificing. Sound good? Okay, let's do it. So open up your Bibles to the book of Hebrews. Now, this is really interesting. The book of Hebrews, I, last year in the middle of quarantine, um, all of us on staff, we were doing these different things to try and connect with you and keep you engaged and just let you know that we love you. And so I did this thing called Coffee with Kathy at like 7 o'clock in the morning once a week. Woo, woo, God bless you. And so... Um, <laughs> You saw me just as I come, right? Some of you saw me coming out of exercise class, being sweaty. Like, however I was at 7 o'clock on Wednesday mornings, you, you saw the real Kathy Craig. And so um, I took a month, and I just talked about the book of Hebrews. And the reason that I did that and that we're going back to that today is because it was written to the Hebrew church who were highly discouraged. Like, they just wanted to give up. They're like, can I just go moonwalk awkwardly into the background and pretend that I never followed Jesus and we could just pretend this whole thing didn't happen? You know what I mean? Like, I didn't encounter Christ, so I got to be done. Like, I did encounter Christ, but it's too hard to live on mission. And so we don't know who the author is of Hebrews specifically, um, but we know that this is a letter of encouragement to a church that was in a culture war. I would say we're in a culture war today, don't you think? So here's the deal. They were Jewish Christians. So you're like, wow, that's an oxymoron. That's interesting. Never heard of that. So they were, they were 
the church that started to follow Jesus, but they grew up in the Jewish tradition and religion, following the hundreds of laws that Moses was delivered through Moses. And so their whole lives they grew up was about living out these laws in order to stay holy to God. And now all of a sudden, they were told, hey, Jesus died for you. You are set free from those so you can go out on mission and share his new law of love and grace. And so their friends and family who didn't follow Jesus were like, you're a heretic. You can't do that. They hated them. They lost their friends and family, their whole heritage, and they're living among them. And then on the other end of the spectrum, they were still being ruled by the Romans. And the ruler at the time, the emperor, was Nero. And if you know anything about Nero, he was the most cruel Roman emperor there was. He would just take Christians because he didn't like them and he was threatened by them, and he would feed them to the lions. Like, that was a regular thing, being persecuted. And they were just like, I don't want to do that, right? I feel that way too sometimes. But the end of the Hebrew letter talks to us about why these sacrifices are imperative to our faith and why they're so important. Don't let go of them. So take a look. We're in Hebrews chapter 13. We're going to start with verse 9, and then I'll pray, and we'll get into it. Sound good? Here we go. Do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings It's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here we do not have an enduring city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. And through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Will you pray with me? Lord Jesus, I'm just praying for open hearts right now, that wherever we are, however we came in, that you meet us here in such a profound way that we don't leave the same way. Lord, it is so beautiful and wonderful to be in community and to be in this space and to worship together and to sing your praises. But Lord, let us not forget what you've called us to outside these walls, to live on mission. And let us just know that those sacrifices are worth it. Because you're not just here for us now, you're here for us for an eternity. And nothing else can deliver on that but you. So Jesus, I pray that you give us this time and we just hear your words. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So the first thing I want to talk about today is that when we are driven on mission, we are sacrificing old ways for his way of grace. 
okay? When we sacrifice while we're on mission, we sacrifice old ways for his way of grace. Take a look at this in verse 9 one more time. It says, do not be carried away by all kinds of strange teachings. This is interesting. This is where I'm like hard stop, okay? Because here's the deal. If I'm really honest with you, on a given morning where I have some time off, I will get my coffee and I will sit at the computer and get carried away for like two hours. It could be anything. Listen, I love thepeople.com. I'll get on thepeople.com. I'll see what's happening with, you know, my favorite celebrity friends, you know, because I feel like they're my friends. Um, I will get on, you know, the Facebook and the Instagram, and I'm seeing what everyone's doing. I'm in all the things, you know what I mean? Like, got to get all the stuff. I can get carried away with YouTube videos. Like, see what all these people are saying, but you know what I won't do? getting God's word. I will ground myself in rabbit holes of strange things that mean nothing to my mission except to distract me. Yes, no, maybe so? You feeling me? Do not get carried away with strange teachings. I'm telling you right now, this year has taught me and like putting the mirror on myself, that I will get carried away with strange teachings if I do not ground myself in God's word. I'm just being honest. It's like for real entertainment, it's like crack. You know what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, we don't know what we're into, and we forgot Jesus altogether. We're more concerned about all the rabbit holes of political spectrums and this one and what's what what is this I'm more I can I can tell you more sometimes about what a Christian influencer says versus what the word of God says that's messed up what matters is what's here now, I love my Christian influencer friends. I really don't know them, to be totally honest. But, you know, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm interested in what you have to say. But it's not the word. And there's nothing that replaces the word and my time just sitting with the word and processing it and inviting the Holy Spirit into that to lead me where I should be. I want Jesus to lead me, not another influencer. Do you feel me? And I'm not hating on the influencers. I, you know, it's, it's cool to look at that stuff every now and then, but it's, it's not what should be leading us. That's just verse 9. Let's keep going. <laughs> it's good for our hearts to be strengthened by grace, not by eating ceremonial foods, which is of no benefit to those who do so. We have an altar from which those who minister at the tabernacle have no right to eat. Friends, where's your altar? Your altar is the place where you worship. What do you worship? Because what you worship is what you sacrifice for. And sometimes we do it unknowingly. That's why it's like, don't, don't drift away. Don't get, get carried away with those other things. Sometimes 
And I'm going to be totally honest with you. We get caught up in this is the way it should be. Anyone ever like use the word should a lot? When you do that, take notice. Because those are the old ways that we're being bound by when Jesus died and set us free for a new way so that we are freed up to go and share his love with a world, with people who are hurting and lost and unsure of what life is and if it's even worth living. He said, you got to sacrifice. You got to, where's your altar? Is it where I died for you? Or is it the way things should be? It's funny, Thanksgiving, growing up at my house, we didn't have a lot, but the things that my mom held on to um, were the china that got passed down in the family. Do you all know what I'm talking about? And the silver. And the only time these like utensils came out that were disgusting every year was at Thanksgiving. And so my mom would make me every Thanksgiving polish the silver and have the china because that's what Thanksgiving was. This is the way Thanksgiving should look. Anyone feel me on this? Yeah. When I got married, we didn't, I was like, I don't want that china, I don't want that silver because I don't want that holding me back from like just doing what I want to do. And I know that sounds sacrilegious in some ways. Like my mom's probably like, oh, for the love. But here's the thing. I remember the first Thanksgiving that my parents came with St- to Steve and I where we were living down in Florida and I took out like the chinette paper plates. I thought she was going to have a heart attack. And then, oh, oh, this is what really got her. I ordered from Boston Market. Oh my gosh, it was the greatest of all time. I thought she was gonna lose her ever-loving mind, this little four foot 11 woman. And I was just, she was like, this is not Thanksgiving. I was like, in my house it is because I don't cook. Like, I, I just don't have, like, that's not my passion. It's not my thing. It would have just been, like, this thing that I, was, that I should have done, and I was over it. I was like, I can. Otherwise, we're not going to have Thanksgiving. We're going to have cereal. And so I literally was like, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. We get so caught up in the traditions that we forget that, it's about where he's leading us and his way of grace. That's powerful. Like, don't you just want to be free? Don't you just want to dance like Sharon in the front with me? Like, just go. Do the china plates. Do, do, do where Jesus is leading you to share his love and whatever frees you up to do that, however way that is, go do that. It's not about the way that it should be. Watch where your altar is. Watch what you're sacrificing for if you're going to live on mission. And then the next thing that's really powerful in this passage is that it talks about sacrificing to go outside the walls. Now, here's the deal. We need to be sacrificing our inside comfort to go outside the walls. Let me say that again. We need to be sacrificing to live on mission. Our inside comfort, the things that make us feel really like, okay, I'm good, I'm good, to go outside the walls. This is really powerful because here's the thing. 
Jesus went outside the walls. That's what this passage is saying. Take a look at it. It says, The high priest carries the blood of animals into the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp. And so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. For here, we don't have an enduring city, meaning this is not our final home. But we are looking for the city that is to come. That is what we call the kingdom, that we are here as followers of Christ to go and build the kingdom, to usher in, as Pastor Greg and and Pastor Ashad were talking about last week, usher in a new way of love and hope that is only offered through the sacrifice of Jesus. And here's the thing. Jesus sacrificed himself outside the city gate. He didn't stay in Jerusalem. He was made to carry his cross outside of the holy city on a hill called Golgotha. And he was crucified next to two criminals who mocked him till his very last breath. If Jesus could do it, guess what? We're called to do it too. As the discipleship pastor, I do. I, I, there, I love, like, I love community. I love intimacy. I love relationship. I love vulnerability. I love like just that, that sense of just like knowing each other. But if I'm not sharing that outside the walls with people who are confused by me and who hate me and who don't look like me or don't act like me, then I've lost the mission. I've created my own little holy club here. And that's not what Jesus died for. So we may have to sacrifice our comfort to those who don't think like us, who don't like us. This is important because in all honesty, if I'm just doing this in my little comfort zone, I'm like a dirty toilet bowl. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just sitting here just like taking in my own stuff. I'm meant to be sent out. You are meant to be sent out. That's what this whole church was built about. It was built to empower and equip every single person who comes here to go outside those walls and share the love and hope of Jesus Christ, not to build Mercy Road Church, but to build the kingdom that he came for. That's eternity, and people are looking for it, and they're hungry for it. Can I be totally honest with you? Some of you know my story. I was the person outside the walls. I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up with Bibles or, like, talking about Jesus. I grew up in, like, a really liberal home, to be honest with you. I'm a New Yorker, right? I grew up in a single-family home where it was really messy. Things weren't pretty. We didn't have a lot. So you do what you got to do to survive. You know what I mean? I understand that. 
And then when I graduated from college and I started teaching, I had this like call to like just go to church. I was looking for something different than what the world was telling me that I needed to be. And so I just went to church. And as I was going to teaching at this school that I was at, these teachers found out that I was going to church because I didn't tell anybody. I just was, they were like, what'd you do? I'm like, oh, I went to church. You know, like just very on, on the DL. And then all of a sudden, these teachers came up to me and they came to me and they said, hey, I know you're going to church. Would you be interested in doing this, like coming together and hanging out with us and doing this thing called a Bible study? I was like, what's a Bible study? Like, I don't even own a Bible. You know what I mean? And so literally, they took me in outside the walls. I went to Target that week where everything is good and holy. (laughs) And I bought myself a Bible. I didn't even know what I was buying. You know what I mean? And when when I met with them, they just loved me. They like... All the things that I grew up with where I was like, I, I don't want anything to do with Christians. They just like held me there and showed me love to show me Jesus. Here's the thing. When I grew up in the 90s, I hated Christians. All I saw in the media was like judgmentalism, like this is the way you're supposed to live, this is the way life is supposed to be, and I literally was like, I want nothing to do with you. You hate me, you hate my friends, you hate everything about the life that, where, that I've been given, and I didn't want anything to do with it. But being invited into something, and then as I was sharing the things that I was really suspect of in Christianity, they just listened. They didn't judge me, they didn't come at me, they didn't tell me I was wrong. You know what they pointed me to? The word. And they prayed like crazy for me. Friends, if Jesus went outside the walls, and he took the hits of being mocked and shamed, guess what? We can too. I know there's people out there that you're like out there and it's like like a dance right now, right? You feel like you're walking on eggshells because you're like, mask, no mask, vaccine, no vaccine. I don't know how you're going to react. I don't know. I don't know what to say. It doesn't matter. Just love them, right? Just love them. That's it. Don't worry about it. The Holy Spirit will lead the rest. And guess what? Who's a perfectionist here? Oh, come on. I see you, Emily. Okay. Okay. So if you're a perfectionist, you're like, I'm afraid. I'm afraid that I'll make a mistake. Well, guess what? You know what the Bible tells us? His grace is sufficient. That he has grace for you when you mess up. He's ahead of you already. Amen, right? Hallelujah. Thank you, Darwin. So you can go outside the walls. Okay, last point. Got really excited there. We can sacrifice our time, our talents, and our treasures to make Jesus real for others, that our sacrifices become offerings of worship to him. So we're calling you to mission. 
We're calling you to do this thing that we call an outpost here. We literally, if you're sitting here, we want you to do this. Okay, we want you to sacrifice your time, your talent, your treasures to do things to build bridges, relational bridges of hope and love that just represent Christ and then tell them about Jesus. You hear me? This is what this whole church was built on. So here's what I'm inviting you to. You might want to take out your phone and take a picture of this. You ready? Okay, Pastor Greg is doing a first step for outposts. So if you're like, I'm not sure, I just want to check this out, I want to see, there's no one better than, than Greg Strand to walk you through this. So take a picture of this. It's next Sunday at one o'clock, right after the last service, and he is going to walk you through how to start an outpost or how to start praying about what that outpost could be. And it could be anything. It could be crocheting. It could be walking. It could be talking. It could be drinking coffee. It could be riding your bicycle. It could be anything. And young adults, guess what? You're not exempt. Okay? So young adults, next Monday night for the month of June on Mondays, Pastor Ashad and I are going to meet with you. So if you just graduated from high school and you're in that college phase of life, we just want to meet with you to help you feel like you're on mission too. All right? Because you're called to that world too. And we love you. The sacrifices are worth it because I hope I was worth it. And I know you're worth it. And I know there's so many out there that are worth hearing the love of Christ. And you can do this. It doesn't have to be perfect. It could be a little messy and we'll walk with you. That's what this church is all about. So let's pray and then we're going to worship. And I hope you feel fired up because you have got a mission. Here we go. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for community. Lord, let us just be grounded there and not just... not get distracted by rabbit holes, but to remember that as followers of Christ, we are on mission for you. That as we go out there and we take the hits and we may feel some, some just animosity and hurt, Lord, let us just hold it with grace because it's what you did. Lord, we love you. We know that you have a purpose and a plan for every single person. Some are just on fire right now doing all the things. I just want to, Lord, I just want to thank you for those who have taken those first steps. People like Mark Taylor, who started extra helpings to feed people who don't have meals, or, or Jen Zapula, who just did line dancing to bring community together. And so people just came in, Lord, and just line danced, and then they got to share Jesus with them. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. And let's, you're just so powerful. You have more, more that you want to do through each person. So Lord, let us just be called to your mission. Let us be willing to make the sacrifice. We give it to you as our worship. In your son's name we pray, amen.